This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. Hi, I'm Max Winograd. I'm the VP of Connected Products at Avery Dennison and the co-founder of a digital venture, Atma.io. And what I love about fashion tech is that it's driving towards a more circular economy and a more sustainable world through apparel. From New York City, you're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Fashion Is Your Business. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako. I am so happy you're here. And you know who else I think probably is happier here? It's Simeon Siegel, our good friend and occasional guest host, uh, as on this occasion. So, Simeon, welcome back to the show. It's so great to see you. How are you? Great, Mark. Good to be here. Yeah, good to be here. By the way, I should mention, uh, you are joining the show in the midst of baby time, meaning you just had a baby daughter. I I did. I, does that make me? Does this reflect well on me or poorly on me? <laughs> I, I, no, actually, quite well. On baby time, you wouldn't have me, but uh, but yes, we are. We have a brand new daughter. Thank you. It's very exciting. So yeah. So um, uh, the great news is, is if you're all on point in this discussion, you get extra points because of you know baby head, baby mush, baby sleep, whatever. And and if and if if it's not your best performance, then then you have a great excuse. See, it's a perfect combination. I think the next time we talk, I'll probably have another kid then and we'll uh, use it. It'll be, it'll be the, recurring, the recurring theme. It's my mulligan. No, no, she's, that's right, that's right. Anyway. she's the best thing in my life. She's not my mulligan. Oh, well, congratulations again. It's great to see you and what, what great news. Uh, and uh, Max Wondergrad, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. So I love to lead off the conversation in this way. We've we've actually had the pleasure of having uh, someone from Avery Dennison on the show, or or other mouth media shows over time uh, here and there, and it seems to all be part of the same general conversation. But it's almost like there's new chapters that arrive of the next wave of thinking and application from Avery Dennison on. You know, making things come alive and connecting to cons- brands to consumers. Uh, and so what I'd like to lead off is in a way that I don't usually do, and that is, what is this new chapter right now? Why is now different than yesterday at Avery Dennison? What's really exciting about today, uh, Mark, is the fact that just last month, we launched to the world a brand new digital venture called Atma.io, which is building the world's leading connected product cloud, enabling brands, supply chains, and consumers to really unlock the potential of a connected product and really drive towards a more sustainable and connected world. So it's a really exciting new chapter for Avery Dennison, and we think even for for the industry and for really any industry. Uh, Great, Max. Thank you. Um, Can you unpack a little bit more? First of all, why the name Atma, uh, and how does that connect uh, with what the mission is? So it's a good question. So, so Atma is a Sanskrit word for the soul, S-O-U-L. And if you think about uh, what that so, means, sounds like I tipped that up and he's, he's putting it over the net, but I really didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you think about, you know, you know, what we're trying to do with, with Atma.io, it, it's really to get to this future where every day items and every physical item in the world has a unique digital identity and that you can follow that digital life of a product throughout its journey from how it was born, what it was made of, to where it's been, 
what's happened to it, and then also in a way that can enable it to get a second life and to continue to enable circularity. And so if you think about how do you identify that product, what is its true self, you're kind of giving a product its soul. And that's really the inspiration for Atma and, and, and how we arrived at, at, that, at that concept. And for us, it's all about trust and transparency. And so as products go through so many changes from going from raw materials to finished goods, getting packed and unpacked, labeled, relabeled, one thing can persist throughout its life. And that's its soul, its unique digital identity, its Atma. So Max, so this is fascinating, right? So this idea of circularity and various forms of upcycling, circular economy, sustainability, we're hearing all the different views. So how do you think about where you're going to play in this world? And then ultimately, what's the goal, right? Because hearing about the soul of a product is really interesting. It's very different than hearing about the soul of Mother Earth or however we want to approach normal sustainability. So what, from your perspective, is the view? What's the mission there? And where does it go from over the next two, three, five, twenty, hundred years? Yeah, if, if I think about the digital identity of an item, because it's something that can persist throughout the product's life, throughout its journey, what, I'm, what, I, what we're really talking about is almost like the first snowflake of a snowball, where you can think about all of the data that a product generates as it's going through its life cycle. And having all of that data wrapped around this one unique digital identity really enables now for brands to be able to operate more sustainably because they can trace where products came from, what they were made of at a much more granular item level. Um, they can now enable their consumers to make more sustainable purchasing decisions based on that item level information. I can now, without my O, um, be able to know whether the product I'm about to buy has a lower carbon cost than the alternative that's sitting right next to it in the store. Um, and then I can also use that to build a story of what is my carbon footprint as an individual consumer and use then that digital identity to also connect to the product when I'm done using it and give it a second life or transfer ownership. And all of that can be tied to that unique identity. So for us, it's the product serves as really a vehicle to enable circularity, and if you, but only if you know the information about that individual item. If it's just, I have a black t-shirt, I don't know necessarily how to recycle it, but if I know it's that black t-shirt or that sneaker or that food product or whatever it might be, I can now truly unlock the potential of how to give it the longest life possible and to also find more sustainable ways to buy or to you know, get rid of a product. So it sounds like there's some potential here to not just have a full view into the complete life cycle and journey of an individual item and its sourcing and everything like that, but to connect it to the individual consumer and, and have that soul have particular meaning to the consumer themselves and how that product interacts with the specifics of that consumer's life and purchasing practices. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that the some of the some of the statistics about you know what what actually happens if you're able to you know recycle or or, or sort of recover an item to extend its its carbon footprint. Um, you know, for for example, if you had like a jacket and you just extended the life of that jacket by ten percent because you gave it a second life or you transferred ownership or it got refurbished or whatever you can lower the carbon footprint of that jacket by 28%. Just because the, the actual wearing and disposal and care of an item is one big part of, but not the only part of the carbon cost, as well as avoiding making a net new item. And so we're seeing a huge interest around what's called re-commerce, 
which is really kind of enabling the ability to have a product replace a new item as, as opposed to you know just simply extending it. And so that's what one of the exciting use cases that we're, we're enabling with Atmio. Hey, Max, so when I think about ESG and the different companies that are working towards it, there are certain companies that are working to make the world more sustainable. There are certain companies that are working to make the world less bad, right? So as we think about fashion happens to be, and we've talked a lot on this program about fashion is right, one of the worst perpetrators in the uh, kind of the environmental plague, right? As we think about what goes into making a pair of denim. So as you think about your product, are you making the situation less bad and that makes it better? Or is there a way to actually take this furthering of the life and there's going to be further few, fewer products that are ultimately created and therefore it's actually a proactive solution? Yeah, so I, I think it's actually a combination of, of, of both things, of making, making products more sustainable um, and also then enabling, enabling circularity and sustainability. Um, and so we can do that through a variety of different um, solutions that we offer as Avery Dennison and then also offered you know, by Atmio and its connected product cloud. I mean, examples are we, we, we are the leading provider of RFID and we've produced over 50 billion inlays that power the physical side of the connected product. And one of the main values that RFID can enable for a supply chain is inventory accuracy. And so if you're, if you're driving inventory accuracy, you will have less shrink, less waste. You'll need to produce less things because your supply chain is operating more efficiently. And so in that sense, we're enabling a more sustainable environment and, um, and enabling the ability for that value chain to operate with less waste through RFID. Now, if you think about Op.io, it's enabling um, both the ability to track things, to know more of what are the carbon costs and how to potentially reduce them, but then also enable people to make more sustainable decisions like giving a product a second life and reselling it back to the brand um, and then being able to also decide whether to buy product A or product B based on the carbon cost of those two products. Max, uh, in the information that was provided to us, it was indicated that three out of the five largest apparel companies in the world are using Atmodia.io. Uh, what is the bridge to getting fuller adoption across the industry uh, for the companies that haven't yet made that jump? Um, where, where does the thinking need to be or what are the challenges in getting that adoption? I, I think the biggest thing that we see in the brands that we've already partnered with, the brands we're actively talking to and the brands that we hope to partner with in the future is that there needs to be the ability to then give birth to that digital identity. And so we're, we're, you know, when we talk about Atmio and turning on a connected product cloud for a customer, you actually have to enable that product to get that digital birth certificate when it's produced and do the same thing for its raw materials as those raw materials are going through the different tiers of, of production. And, and that's a really critical part to enabling a supply chain to operate more sustainably. It's really sort of the initial connection and enabling that to happen. And what Avery Dennison has that's, that's really unique and special is the fact that we've got this one-stop solution shop where we're able to actually help provide the hardware, the intelligent labeling, the solutions that would actually go into factories all over the world and the people to do that, that can enable us to digitize the product at, the, at its birth. And now we have the connected product cloud without Myo to enable the tracking and the management of that digital identity of the product then for the rest of the journey. Um, and so that, that, that unique combination of solutions is what's required to connect the product. 
And you need to have that bridge between the physical world and the digital world. And at that point, once you've been able to build that bridge, then it's all about then what do you do with that information? Now I know where my product's been. Now I know what my product's made out of. And now I have the visibility at the item level for all my items. And that's where we're seeing some really exciting work that's coming from some of our, our partners that we work with, some of our, our brand customers. Adidas is a great example where they're taking that unique digital identity and using that to power the second life of their products and to enable circularity and enable consumers to use the Adidas mobile app and actually find out based on the unique digital identity of that item, how they can give it a second life. And that's really where we see the power of, you know, a brand taking that very forward thinking view of how they can use their supply chain, how they can use the tools that are available to that supply chain to really drive circularity, enable new business models and leverage digital identity to really make a more sustainable, connected experience for the consumer. So you mentioned re-commerce, you talked about Adi, whether it's sneakers or whether it's luxury, generally speaking, one of the big obstacles to re-commerce so far has been just the customer buy-in. Can you talk about, and then the brand interaction, talk about what your product does for authentication, because I assume that probably helps in a pretty meaningful way, given that right now luxury re-commerce, the biggest question is how do you deal with counterfeits? How do you work through an economic way to authenticate? That's a great question, Simeon. I think that the ability to enable authentication is critical to driving towards that trust, which is at the end of the day, one of the main you know, demands that we see from consumers today of brands. Uh, you know, how do we trust um, the products? How do we trust that they're authentic? How do we trust that they were made ethically and sustainably? And what we're able to do is amass a lot more data about the individual item and use that to determine a product's authenticity, use that to determine a product's journey. And so, for example, if you're using our platform to manage real-time consumer product interactions, you could find out if a product's been diverted from one market to another. And that visibility usually wouldn't exist at the item level without using IO. And so that's where we see some real value for both the consumer that wants to know, is this a real or fake product? And then also for, um, for, for the brands to be able to operate with less you know, leakage out of their supply chain, less fakes entering into the market, avoiding gray market, and, and really being in a position to, to have a much more trusted consumer experience. Max, uh, I imagine part of this from a consumer standpoint is the, the, the never-ending journey of education, but also re- relevant to that is storytelling. How is Avery Dennison thinking about either the execution of or the guidance on to whatever degree or the integration of the storytelling aspect for the consumer? Uh, Because, you know, a lot of times consumers caring comes from that education and that's that education is best done through storytelling, you know, like like the journey of materials and through manufacturing going, gosh, I never knew that that makes me care and doing it in a way that's evocative and trying to connect the consumer to that storytelling through the ways in which they connect to that brand or that apparel or whatever. So, uh, you know, as a brand ourselves, a mouth media network, you know, we, we think a lot about this, not just through our podcast, but through the work we do about helping brands connect that storytelling to consumers. So I'm really curious about how you guys are thinking about this. And maybe just throw in your thoughts on gamification because maybe you're you're creating a life, you're creating a program. Yes, nice. 
Yeah, yeah, bo both very good points and really critical. I think that the, the, we're just at the tip of the iceberg, if you will, or just at the onset of the potential of what a connected product can do. And what we enable with that unique digital identity and having that foreign item in a way that a consumer can engage is now the potential to truly drive that very unique personalized consumer experience through the product. So now the product can be a channel. And, and in that sense, what we are offering are a few different things that really help the brands connect and then the consumers really get to that point of feeling like they're able to get more out of their product, whether it's information, whether it's a connection to the brand or a connection to a cause, or to even get rewarded to your gamification point for either purchasing more products from that brand or um, in the same sense, you know, doing something that's good for the world that then the brand is also hoping to incentivize. And so for that, what we're doing is we've built an ecosystem of, of partners. We call it our app store, where we work with some of the leading agencies, studios, and consumer experience designers that are out there in the, the world to be able to develop the really cutting edge content that keeps consumers coming back for more. And that's another critical part. If you just have a static experience, that's gonna get old really fast in the day and age of rapidly changing information, shorter and shorter you know, bits of content engagement that occur. And so we partner with those that are really driving a lot of that to be able to deliver lots of choice for brands that find what is the most compelling way to connect to my consumer. That's one part of it. Another part of it is by enabling then all these different use cases that we do see consumers demanding more and more of. So if the, the, the reports that come from folks like ThreadUp around the increase in resale as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and people are around their house more, they're seeing clothes they've never worn or they haven't had to wear pants for 13 months so that they see that there's an ability to make some money reselling it, you need to have a digital ID to do that because you need to be able to take that unique item authenticate it, send it back to get refurbished. The people that are refurbishing the item need to know what it's made of and how to fix it, and then enable the second life you know, creator, the, the person that's buying it secondhand, to be able to also authenticate it. And so that digital ID is helping enabling that. And what we're seeing brands do along the way there is actually drive things either like gamification or providing vouchers to actually you know, financially motivate consumers to participate in the circular economy. And then from there, we're seeing you know, a lot, sort of a never ending opportunity to use the product as a means of driving more loyalty, more engagement, and even remuneration for the consumer through these types of programs, all powered by a connected product. And any examples you can share from what you've seen? So anything tangible in terms of that connectivity, the customer loyalty, someone coming back, increased frequency, something along those lines? So I think the Adidas example is a great one to kind of expand upon a little bit. So the, the way that the consumer actually is enabled to participate in the circular economy in this infinite play program is by joining the creators club. So one of the membership models that Adidas has and through the mobile app experience, um, which is then another channel that Adidas can then reach its, its, its members and its consumer base, can then connect with the product directly and offer to do what's called a new trade. And that new trade can then enable the consumer to get paid for giving one of their products that they're no longer you know, want to keep a second life. And so in that process, you've got all the elements that come together to help build a brand loyalty. You've got the membership model, you've got the remuneration and the incentives to resell an item or to give it a second life. And then you've got, I think, the element that's also really important is at the end of the day, re-commerce is becoming such a, a, a massive opportunity in the market because consumers are demanding sustainability and ways that they can be themselves more sustainable as individuals and as consumers. 
And now there's obviously there's a feeling it's a feel good moment. Um, and that's also something that in some of the analysis that ThreadUp did that sort of how consumers feel about acting more sustainably is becoming one of the more positive, you know, emotional responses to an individual behavior and action compared to various other things like, you know, eating something sweet or doing something rewarding. It's, it's actually like rewarding behavior because we're doing the right thing and we're a force for good. And I think that we're enabling that now with products. And that's a very, very valuable way to build loyalty because when I am doing the right thing, because Adidas helped me do it, I feel better and I'm also more likely to continue to be loyal to the Adidas brand, which is operating in a much more sustainable way than maybe others in the market or are empowering me to be a much more sustainable consumer. Just to be clear, I'm going to try that tonight. I'm going to tell my kids there's no dessert. Instead, they get to uh, to give another product in the second life. <laughs> Better than candy, guys. That's right. Or, That's or, right. Or, thank you, me later. Or, or in exchange for reselling that sneaker or, or, or that you know the Hot Wheels toy, here's your um, here's your here's your ice cream. That would be the, the proper way of doing it, I think. Maybe. That's yeah. right. Oh yeah. Okay. Pavlovian there. Yes. Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell, and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. All right, I got a boring business question. So as you think about, so you're bridging the digital and physical, so you're creating units, but you're in a business that you're trying to get people to buy fewer units. So how do you bridge that conversation internally? Well, I think internally we see that at the end of the day that what the future of product-based supply chains are, are operating more sustainably and more efficiently. And the best way to enable that is by providing data and turning that data into information. And so I think that the value of the information that we're generating and offering to brands, I think will will certainly create a very valuable part of you know our offering as, a, as an overall business. What's interesting is generally we look at these as, right, any business is both transactional and or experiential. So it's understanding the duality there and it's thinking kind of what's the lifetime value of your relationship and is your client the customer or is your client the company? And as that comes together, I mean, I think it's this interesting, probably evolving relationship, I would assume. I, I, see, the, I see the relationship that Avery Dennison and Atmaya would have um, as being... Uh, much more of both a B2B and also now a B2C because of just the tools that we're now bringing that can be consumer facing. And so much of what we do, we always like to talk about how it's made possible by Avery Dennison because we're an enabler for the digitization of supply chains. We're the enabler of inventory accuracy. We're the enabler of this unique digital identity. But consumers don't always necessarily see that um, in a direct way. And now because they can be engaging with a product and seeing experiences built by the Atmio team, powered by these Avery Dennison uh, portfolio of digital triggers on products, it brings much more of a new opportunity for us to 
build relationships with consumers as Avery Dennison, but then also leverage the fact that we're now unlocking the information of product-based supply chains for brands and the supply chain participants to operate more sustainably and more efficiently, I think that we're able to unlock new value for them and also for us as well. Max, could we uh, could we maybe peel back the onion another layer about how the technology, uh, my the IO technology actually functions? Uh, where are all the different layers there that that make it possible? That absolutely a good question, Mark. What we do with Atmyo is we offer to brands and to the supply chain uh, a backend platform that consists of a series of modules. And these individual modules power specific use cases for a connected product. And the ability for a brand to turn on specific use cases helps really create that on-ramp to digital transformation. And the ability to now turn on these modules and add additional modules over time helps go by business case by business case through a supply chain, through the connected products journey and that overall digital transformation program that a brand might have in place. And what we do with that is offer the ability to scale up those modules from what may be a, a, you know, starting out in our sandbox environment to then rolling it out to billions of items across every continent in the globe. We also have built this back-end platform to be highly interoperable with applications. And these front-end applications or field applications are offering a lot of the interaction directly with the product. So it could be software that's reading an RFID tag or it could be a brand's mobile app that's scanning a QR code or a product image. And each of those individual applications will be feeding and, and, and ingesting data from our platform along the product's journey. And so think of it as one common backend that goes from source all the way through to the home, but then all the different applications that can really utilize a connected product and a digital identity to offer some value to one of those participants, the brand, the supply chain, the consumer, to be built on top of it in a highly open ecosystem you know, first kind of way so that we can really leverage all the entrepreneurs that are out there, the large enterprise software companies, to be able to build on top of our platform and then to unlock this value of sort of end-to-end data. Max or Atma or Avery, is there a view, either one of those three perspectives, on how resale plays out? So is it the brand? Is it marketplaces? Is it consignment? Is it some other model? Does it matter as long as it's being done? How do you approach that conversation? I'll I'll give you the max perspective, if you will, of of, of where I see the market going. I think it's going to be a combination of channels. I think that there are going to be brands that want to own their own resale channel because there's going to be a higher value per item on that resale um, process because it has the association with the brand. So, you know, for example, am I more likely to buy like Nike just announced their, their new resale model? They'll be selling recirculated sneakers people are probably more likely to buy directly from Nike in terms of from a price per item perspective than for that same item on a secondhand channel like an eBay or something else. That's one. Then there's other brands that may not be able to operate the supply chain. They might be a small brand. They may be a private label brand or something. And those are going to rely heavily on on resale markets. And then they're the ones that are much more focused on peer-to-peer, which I think will also always have a place of people wanting to just sell to their neighbor or things like that. And I think all of those will ultimately you know, persist. And I don't think there's going to be one answer there. But at the same time, now talking as Atmayo here for a second, what I see is then because of the fact that there are going to be multiple ways to offer a resale of a product, the underlying threads are the same. 
You need to authenticate the item. You need to know what the item is and then how to recover it, how to care for it and, and, and what its value is. And then you need to be able to exchange it and, and have some and facilitate that transaction. I think the authentication, identification, transaction processes will persist in all those channels and we make it possible throughout Myo with that digital identity to do that. Great. All right. Uh, coming up, we're going to step off the grid a little bit and uh, into some personal questions with off the grid questions with Max Winograd right after this. Culture starts at the top and great customer experience the only competitive strategy in today's world is fueled by great leadership. We hear and read this every day, but many brands don't drive customer-first strategy. For those at the top who want to make that leap but don't know how, we'll learn from leaders who share what you must do to become customer-centric. I am Liliana Petrova, and this is The One Thing. The One Thing Customer Experience from the Top is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And now it's time for Questions Off the Grid with Fashion Is Your Business. All right, Max, this is the part of the show where we step away from Avery Dennison and Atmayo and just go all Max uh, with our off the grid questions. We determine the order uh, of the questions we ask with a spin of our great big wheel of grid destiny. So I'm going to give that a big heave ho. And it's coming around. It could be your lucky day, Simeon. Coming around, coming around, coming around. It is your lucky day. It is me. (laughs) I'm the first question, giving you a reprieve, a moment to think of your question if you haven't already. So, Max, my question is simply this. What is the soundtrack of your life? What is the the music that you listen to most likely in your car or when you're at work or working out or whatever? Uh, Most likely when I'm working or in the car, because it's different when I'm working out. It's the Grateful Dead. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a little tough to work out to like a 20 minute drums in space. Um, so, but, it's a lot of pressure. but otherwise, if I'm, if I'm, you know, you know, you know, cranking out a, a presentation or, or getting ready for a meeting or just have some downtime just to, to, to throw on, uh, um, you know, a, a live show and listen to it in the background is always, you know, good, good counter to the constant, you know, back and forth that you see with you know, today's, you know, zoom, zoom life. Gotcha. Thank you very much for that. All right. Another spin of the wheel just to see who could come up next. Come on. Just keep fingers crossed, Simeon. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's you. All right. We went an entire show talking about digital identity and we didn't mention the magic three words NFT. So I want to know, Max, (laughs) what is your view on giving digital identity to anything via NFT? So my personal view is I think it's a, a great opportunity to help enable a lot of different people that haven't yet participated in, you know, decentralized finance to, to do so. Um, I've been trying really hard to get my brother, Joe, who's a digital artist, to start to tag his items with, with, with NFTs and be able to start generating a new revenue stream there. Um, 
he has a counter argument, which is that, you know, he wants to make his art more open to all versus having this, you know, sort of irrefutable or immutable um, ownership trail. Um, but I see that on the, on the other hand, it, it's an opportunity for a lot of folks to generate new revenue streams as individual artists contributing to our society and culture. Very interesting. Very nice. We learned a little something there. Uh, Max, do you, uh, is there any art in you? Is there any artist in you? Uh, there is no artist in me. I, I, I learned piano when I was a kid, just like all of my younger brothers, but uh, my other brothers are much more musical when we all get together for, for family gatherings and they start jamming out and I come anywhere near a keyboard or a harmonica or a drum set. They the music stops and they wait for me to clear the room. Yeah. <laughs> He, he threw a harmonica right. in that group. I think that's the answer. That's the answer. Uh, Max, how can people connect uh, with Atma.io um, or perhaps even with you directly? Absolutely. Well, ev everyone's always welcome to reach out to me directly via, via LinkedIn and welcome the opportunity to connect with anyone, to network, to learn the cool things that they're doing and building in this world of connected products and elsewhere. I love working with entrepreneurs and builders as an entrepreneur myself and uh, someone who's always been connected to startups and now running this digital startup within Avery Dennison. It'd be awesome opportunity to connect with people. I also think that people can learn a lot about Atma.io just by visiting Atma.io and, and actually seeing um, more and more about what we're able to do. And we have some amazing people that can help um, dive in and explain more by reaching out to, to the team directly as well. Um, so we've got some amazing folks all over the world that are offering and working on Atma.io implementations with some of the largest brands across industries. And that's atma.io. Just yes, it for is. everybody, just uh, that that doesn't have what Atma spelled like in their in their uh, their their brain catalog. So, all right. Well, Max Winograd, Vice President of Connected Products at Aver Dennison. Thank you, man. Really, really, uh, so great to to meet you. And thanks for a, a very interesting adventure of a conversation. Thank you so much, Mark and, and Simeon. We'll have to do the actual huddling in a, in a corner uh, with a beer sometime soon once this I'm, is all past us. And I'm all in. Amen. I'm happy to record it for a second, a second uh, Why podcast. Why not? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you, Max. And uh, Simeon, thank you very much. And again, congratulations on the new daughter. It was great to see you again. Thank you. Always great congratulations. to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right, that, great, man. Uh, that's it for this episode of Fashion Is Your Business, everybody, and a good one it was, too. One for the books. Uh, and uh, I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week for another great show, another great guest. We always appreciate you stopping by. Until then, for Simeon Siegel. Great to be here. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. This is Mouth Media Network. Audio for business.